everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. He was beginning to lose control, and for no apparent reason. A beautiful and stress-free day, baseball with his son, and on his way home to his beautiful wife, family, friends, and the continuing of a successful career built on integrity, hard work, and the desire to overcome any challenge, big or small, my next guest literally had it all. From the poverty-stricken streets of Queens, as the seventh of eight children, to the halls of industry, IPOs, and custom-tailored suits, life was good and getting better. So what happened? And at age 46, and in the prime of life and health, ladies and gentlemen, here to share this and more in a testimony must listen and learn is philanthropist, speaker, author of his just released, A Stroke of Faith. Please welcome Mark Moore. Mark, welcome to Testimony. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's great to have you. First of all, you went from being on top of the world to flat on your back in a very short amount of time and in a coma for a month, suddenly, a stroke you didn't see coming. Briefly tell our listeners, Mark, how you got there. And then let's get to the, quote, stroke of faith you would have to employ to get you to where you are today. Mark Moore, please tell us your story. Well, once again, thank you for having me. And you are correct. In 2007, at the age of 46, I developed a blood deficiency. And because of that blood deficiency, my blood began to clot. Well, the clotting caused me to have two strokes. The first stroke was the Saturday before Mother's Day. I was going to coach my son's baseball practice. And while still in the hospital, the Monday after Mother's Day, I suffered the second stroke. The second stroke led to some complications, and it was bleeding on the brain and putting pressure on my brain, which required neurosurgeons to perform life-saving brain surgery. Wow. Now, you were in a coma for a month. You woke up. Your wife, Brenda, is there to greet you. What were your thoughts? And you are correct. Um, the, the second stroke, due to the, the fact that the neurosurgeon had to perform this emergency brain surgery, I ended up being, as you said, just seen in a coma for a month. And when I woke up, and all this was unbeknownst to me, um, my last recollection was remembering the doctor telling me that he thought I'd be going home on that Friday after Mother's Day. And then my next recollection was waking up midweek and hearing a newscaster say that this weekend we're going to be celebrating Father's Day. I was in complete shock, and as I looked around the room, all I could see was there was tubes everywhere, tubes coming out of my head, my throat, my nose, my groin, both arms, and I waited for my wife to come in. I was scared, to be honest with you. And as nurses came in and out of the room, I said nothing to any of the nurses. I was so scared. I simply waited for my wife to come in at 9 o'clock, and she told me that. First, she asked, what did I remember? And I go, well, I remember he hearing that I would be going home on Friday, 
after Mother's Day. She goes, well, that was wrong. You end up having a second stroke and had some complications. And before emergency brain surgery, and you, you've had these two strokes, and you have a long recovery ahead of you. And I was absolutely shocked. It was deflating um, to be 46, and you think you're in perfect health, and to be told that you've had two strokes and you have a long recovery ahead of you, I was absolutely, I was floored, I could tell you that. Wow. Now, you were taught early on to be an overcomer. In your book, you say your father was strict, your mother was encouraging. Some of these life lessons would come to mind as you were recovering from your stroke. Can you talk about that? And then take our listeners to the actual point where you made a decision, I've got to let go. I've got to let God. How did you, Mark Moore, get there from a life of always being in control of everything to suddenly out of control? I grew up in, in New York City, um, in a tough neighborhood in New York City, and we were always told that you have to work hard, and it's something that resonated with me. I accepted that, and I took it from my parents, and I did that. But as I was coming from the stroke, no matter how hard I worked, I just wasn't getting there. And, and I'll be honest, I was, I was being defeated, uh, truth, truth be told. And I sat there, and I remember something that my mother told me as a young kid in New York City. And she told all, all her children, all, all eight of us, that God will only give you what he knows you can handle. And with his help, you can endure. And, you know, referring to 1 Corinthians 10.13, and that came to me after almost 35 years. You know, I really hadn't thought of that scripture for about 35 years. But it came to me at that moment in time, and I realized that what I really need to do was not try to control this process myself and really seek God's help to recover from these two strokes. So what were your literal steps after that, and how did this stroke affect your wife, Brenda, and your family, your friends? How important was their support at this time? Well, after suffering uh, the two strokes, I had many deficits. When, when I woke up, I couldn't walk. These are things that we take for granted in life. I couldn't tie my shoe. My memorization was gone. If you had told me your name, after five minutes, I would have forgotten it. Um, I couldn't get in the shower. I couldn't write checks. Many deficits, and it takes a long time to recover. But the wonderful thing, you mentioned my family. My wonderful wife, Brenda, and my children treated my stroke as if it was our stroke. They didn't just say, hey, our dad had a stroke. It was like, look, the family, we have a crisis, and we've had a stroke, and they helped me get through that process. Everything, you know, you talk about my wonderful wife. I was in the hospital for those six weeks. She slept in the hospital room every night in a chair to make sure I was okay. And I tell people what, what a spouse can do in terms of your recovery. Even when I went through my rehab for two months, I was going down to Mount Vernon Hospital um, here in Virginia for two months, three days a week, four hours a day. And she sat in the back of each session, didn't say a word, just sat in the back of the room as I struggled with learning to walk again to tie my shoe, to lift plates up in the upper shelf of the cabinet. She simply sat in the back of the room three days a week, four hours a day for two months and didn't say a word. And yeah. those are things that are really encouraging and can help someone who's actually going through a traumatic life experience, in my case, two strokes. Wow, and for all the ladies listening out there, <laughs> I think that is the true definition of what God calls a helpmate 
to your husband. And that is just fabulous. Now, what I thought was really interesting in the book, and I think a critical, a critical note of importance, is that your wife is trained as a nurse. And when she noticed that something was not quite right about your condition, she mentioned it to a hospital official. And they kind of passed it off, but she listened to that inner voice that said, no, there's something wrong, I need to say something here, and she did. Question, how important is it for family and for those that are being treated to pay attention to that gut inner voice? That is so important. Um, We as individuals, certainly the doctors are professionals, but we also must take control of our own lives, and, and we should question what's going on, you know, you know, professionally and politely, but understand what's going on. And to, to your point, in my case, that Monday, they had misdiagnosed um, my original stroke. They thought I just had a stroke and I was going to recover. What they didn't know is I had a blood deficiency. So that Monday, when the second stroke occurred, to your point, Brenda was sitting there talking to me, and she said, all of a sudden, mid-sentence, she said, Mark, you stopped talking, you, you just fell asleep. And I asked the nurses to check you. And she goes, it took about three times. They kept saying, nah, he's just tired. He's okay. She goes, but I kept saying, nah, there's something wrong. And she insisted that they take me downstairs and run a brain scan. And after the third time, they reluctantly took me downstairs, ran a brain scan, and realized that, in fact, I was suffering a second stroke. And to your point, how significant this was, um, because the second stroke had caused the artery in the brain to dissect and was releasing blood into the cavity where the brain sits, putting pressure on my brain, which certainly could have killed me, and at the very least, I would have significant brain damage. Well, while they were reviewing that scan, a neurosurgeon happened to walk by, not even my neurosurgeon, saw my brain scan and said, hey, that guy's in serious trouble. We need to perform surgery right now. Who's his doctor? And they're like, well, his doctor's not here. We'll get him on the phone, I need to talk to his doctor. I'm gonna clear my calendar. And I'm going to perform brain surgery on this gentleman right now. I need to go talk to his wife. Had my wife not insisted, they'd take me downstairs to check. Who knows what would have happened? I probably would have had a second stroke. And significant brain damage would have occurred. And what they say in the medical profession is time is brain. When you're having a stroke, they believe that for every minute you're having a stroke, you have the potential to lose 2 million brain cells every minute you delay from getting treatment from a stroke. Absolutely critical and very significant to your point. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Mark Moore, businessman, philanthropist, and at age 46, struck down by a suddenly a stroke. Mark, you went from that to a year later, almost to the day, running a 5K marathon. How did you do that? Well, you know, as I said, as I went through this process, I turned to what I call the three Fs, my faith, my family and my friends, and a childhood friend of mine, the guy that I knew since I was five years of age, lives up in New York City, came down to visit me. He's a marathon runner. I was lamenting about the fact that I, I just suffered a stroke. You know, I can't walk. I probably want to play basketball anymore. I want to play baseball and softball. And he looked at me, Jensen, and he said, Mark, did you ever think about running? And I'm like, actually, no, I didn't. He goes, why don't you try running? Let's try, because you'll be surprised. And it was something that resonated. I went back and spoke to my therapist and told her that, you know, hey, I think I want to run a 5K on the anniversary date of my stroke. 
And I remember looking, I'm like, did you hear what I just said? She goes, I heard you. I go, because you didn't say anything. She goes, yeah, because I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and it was understandable because at that moment, yeah. I had just progressed from, from a wheelchair, and I'm walking around in a walker. But she was wonderful. She goes, but if this is something you want to do, I tell you what, I'll work with you and we'll try to make it happen. And we did. She worked with me. And I told her, look, if I'm not ready, I'm not going to run, but that's my goal. And with the support of all my therapists and my family and a bunch of friends, uh, one week shy of the one-year anniversary, we ran a 5K in downtown D.C. with 50 of our closest friends joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to entrepreneur, philanthropist, speaker, and author of his just-released Stroke of Faith a stroke survivor story of a second chance at living a life of significance. You can learn more about Mark's work, ministry, and mission by visiting astrokeoffaith.com and get his book, Get Inspired, Get Hope, and then Get Going, knowing that God always has a plan far and above our own, no matter the suddenlies life may bring. Mark, it has been an absolute honor having you share just a little of your amazing story of overcoming a life-altering suddenly that could easily have caused you to lose hope and withdraw from life. Instead, Mark, you chose to let go, let God, and with faith, humility, and courage, live out your life, and beautifully so, teaching others now to do the same. We thank you and God bless you. Thank you very much. God bless you. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.